Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Now, nonstop sports talk continues with news and analysis from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. Not the hero we deserved, but the hero we needed. This is the Big Six. It's going to be you. With your host, Jason Martin. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Straight up 6 o'clock by my clock means only one thing. It means the Big Six on the air here on 104.5 The Zone. The end of the first month. This is edition number 15 of the Big Six. I'm Jason Martin. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Our telephone number is 615-737-1045. Yes, it was Big Tennessee Titans news today. Taylor Lewan, now the richest offensive lineman in the league. You've heard about it all day. If you didn't hear 3HL's conversation with him right in their first hour of broadcasting earlier today, I urge you to check out that podcast. Absolutely tremendous interview. We're going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to welcome in a guy that I spoke to for the first time via phone probably about four months ago, maybe five months ago, as I was trying to figure out what my future was going to be. I was sort of at a crossroads and this guy's story, a couple of people mentioned to me, was similar to mine in some ways. He's more decorated than me. He had done it for a much longer time than me. But where he's at now, I'm so fascinated to kind of break out his story for all of you to talk about Sports Spectrum. He works for Sports Spectrum. His name is Jason Romano. He also has a wonderful book out called Live to Forgive. Jason, I am thrilled to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to be with you. So... Yeah, I, I, like I said, I reached out to you about five months ago, and I was kind of at a crossroads just in terms of my professional life. An opportunity had kind of presented itself, and I was in a place where I wasn't sure where I wanted my future to be, and I was being pulled in a couple of different directions. And, you know, with being too overt or, or anything like that, a lot of it was centering around where my priorities lied. And all of a sudden, uh, my faith had kind of taken over, and it was starting to move me into different places and a few people in media said hey Jason Romano I don't know if you know him he works for ESPN he worked for Mike and Mike he worked uh, doing content for SportsCenter and Monday Night Football and College Game Day he was there forever and he left and now he's got this website where he writes for and he hosts this podcast for called Sports Spectrum check it out so I checked it out and I started seeing testimonials from various athletes who were kind of talking about the intersection of sports and faith and so I reached out to you, and you had a ton of Twitter followers. And I was like, well, we'll see if I get anything back from this. And within like <laughs> 30 minutes, you responded. And within a couple of days, we set up a conversation. We talked on the phone a couple of weeks later. Uh, that phone call got cut short. We ended up talking again a few days later after that. And it's a conversation that, that largely led to the reason why all of you that are listening to this right now tonight are hearing me on the Big Six, because it led me to really process things in the proper context and to listen for the right answers and not to assume that I had them. So 
more than anything, before we kind of get into the into the nitty gritty of it, I have to thank you because I don't think I have this gig. I don't think I take this opportunity. I don't know where I am right now if I don't have that conversation with you five months ago. Wow. Well, that means a lot. I, I really appreciate it. You know, you never know um, how things are going to turn out or when people are reaching out or what, you know, what transpires from conversations. And uh, that's just really an encouragement for me, Jay. And I really appreciate that. And I hear great things. I know you're doing great things in Nashville, so I'm excited. So tell me, tell the folks out there that don't know what I know doing research and, and coming to know you a little bit over these last few months, uh, your story about how you got to ESPN. You get to ESPN, and that's a job that so many people want and so many people that are listening right now would kill to have, and you work really hard to get there. And then, of course, you have to scratch and claw, and you get more opportunities, and that's just kind of the way it works in media. You take what you get, and then you start to get more responsibility, and they place more trust in you. And then all of a sudden, you are being pulled in a couple of different directions by the company. But just how did you get to ESPN originally? Yeah, so I grew up as a kid who just loved sports and was a sports junkie. I mean, I watched the, you know, sports on ESPN and everywhere else as much as I could. I fought my brothers in the morning for the sports page so we could, I could be the first to read the box scores from the night before. So sports was always just a big deal in my life and in my family's life, especially with my brothers. And, you know, it really wasn't until probably I mean, honestly, I never really dreamed about getting to ESPN because I just thought that was too far to even dream. My dream was to really just work in at the local TV station in Albany, New York, where I grew up, and maybe work on the sports, you know, three-minute sports cast there. That was kind of it. Uh, and when I went to college, I specifically went to college for broadcasting uh, and learned, you know, as much as I could in my time in college. And then when I got out, I worked at a local radio station in Albany where I grew up. And did that for three years and loved it, but it wasn't sports. It was news talk, uh, fun sort of morning zoo type of right. radio, which I had a great time with. But I really wanted to see if sports could be a possibility. And then just on a whim, I applied for a, t- a couple of jobs at ESPN from the Internet. Uh, this is back in the early days of the Internet, 1999 and 2000. And uh, I got calls both times. So I actually traveled to Bristol and went through the interview process twice. The first time, I did not get the job. The second time, I could tell that they were a little more serious. And after a couple of one visit and a couple of phone calls, a lot of prayer, a lot of convincing to my then very new wife, mm-hmm. um, who I'm still with now, 18 plus years. But at that time, we had to make a decision on whether it was okay to you know think about moving because we were in New York and we had to move to Connecticut. And then I got the job offer, and that's how I ended up there. And you know, I was always a radio guy, so I started out in radio as a radio producer. Uh, I'm Mike and Mike of all shows in the very beginning of of the years that Mike and Mike started, and then you know worked my way around the different areas of television and then digital media, social media as a producer in essence, and and was there a long time, almost 17 years. Was it tough to make the move? Was it tough to convince your wife at that point because? This is a business that you and I both know full well can be kind of fleeting and some things can be kind of fickle and you don't really feel all that stable and uprooting yourself from there and moving to ESPN headquarters and going into that. That has to be a long discussion. That's just that's not just a yes or no over five minutes. 
Yeah, it was, I mean, back, it's funny, because when I first met my wife, probably about four months in, you know, I had just started my career in radio. I was fresh out of college and, you know, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go. And I told her, I said, listen, I'm going to probably pursue this radio business, and there's a chance that I could be moving to six different states in the next seven years. It's just kind of the way this business can sometimes work. And she was awesome from the very beginning. And she's just like, all right, well, if you go, I'm going, let's go. And it was really an encouragement to hear that. And of course, then when ESPN called, it's still a conversation that we have to spend a long time talking about because there's, you know, is it worth it as far as salary? You know, what are we looking at as far as benefits? All of these kind of questions that a lot of people don't think about, they just hear, you know, ESPN and let's go. And honestly, that's what my mindset was. They could have offered me $10 an hour and said, let's go. And I would have been there. Um, thankfully it was a little more and we were, be, we were able to kind of make the move, but it was a, a, a very long conversation, but one that my wife was very positive on from the beginning. Uh, and I didn't know I'd be there 16 years. I mean, I kind of, you always hope that you can stay in the, in the same place and work in the same place for a long time. But, you know, once we got sort of settled into Bristol and, and made our roots here and then eventually made a lot of friends and got involved and, and had our daughter here and bought our first house and then found a church, like all of that started to take place. I realized unless ESPN fires me, I'm probably not moving. Uh, and why would I want to? You know, it was such a great place uh, to work. And listen, were there other opportunities to, to move and go to other places? Of course there were. Uh, but I didn't really entertain them too seriously because we had set up roots here. And, and we were lucky to do that because, like you said, this business can be fleeting and it can be difficult and it can be hard to, um, to keep a job in the same place in this business for a long time. Jason Romano is our guest for the hour. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Romano. He works for Sports Spectrum, the host of the awesome Sports Spectrum podcast. Definitely subscribe to that. So when you get to ESPN... That name alone, by the time that either one of us could have potentially been there, was obviously already huge. Were you overwhelmed? Was that something that took a while to become the fit? Like you talk about planning roots and making friends, but that's got to be a pretty competitive environment for somebody to walk into that soon after college. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was two years removed, for, well, three years removed from college. Uh, but again, working at ESPN, the first day I walked in there, I was in awe of the place. It was like meeting your heroes for the first time. Uh, you know, I watched these guys. I watched this, this channel for a good majority of my teen years and into my young adult years. I mean, I watched it every single day, all hours of the day. I knew all the, the anchors by their first name, and I knew the shows. So now I'm working here, and I remember seeing Dan Patrick walk by me and seeing you know, Stuart Scott and Keith Olbermann and Rich Eisen was working there at the time. And then you see Bob Lee and Chris Berman and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is amazing. And it probably took me about six months until I, I, I wouldn't say, I, you know, I, I didn't appreciate it. I, I really appreciated my job and was blessed and recognized that for 17 years. But the sort of newness wore off where I was like, okay, get over yourself now. Yes, you're working with famous people and people are watching you from all over the country, but this is your job too. And so it took probably about six months, you know, working on Mike and Mike right away helped because I was working on a show that even though they were still new, 
Uh, people knew who Greeny was. And certainly people knew who Golick was, especially from his playing days. So it kind of helped that, okay, you gotta, you gotta go to work here. Yes. You know, there's a, there's a sort of uh, awe about working there and, and working for people. And listen, I had many moments where I was starstruck and many moments where I, um, you know, in many cases was in awe of meeting certain people that I did meet. But it took about three or four months finally when I was able to settle in, maybe six months when I was really comfortable and just saying, okay, this is a job. And yes, it's the coolest job you could have ever imagined, but it's still a job and you got to do a good job with this. More with Jason Romano. Remember, follow him at on Twitter at Jason Romano. The name of the book is Live to Forgive. We're going to talk about that before the end of the hour as well. And we're going to talk about what an awesome thing Sports Spectrum is. Glad to have you with us to end your week. It's the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back in. Good Friday to you. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone, ending our first month on the air here. Glad to have you as part of our movement. We're on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. I am Jason Martin, joined by another Jason, a more accomplished Jason, if you will. Jason Romano of SportsSpectrum.com. He hosts the Sports Spectrum podcast. I had a conversation with him about five months ago that kind of helped me get where I needed to be and where I needed to be ultimately after a lot of prayer and a lot of thought, was to come to 104.5 The Zone, the place that I interned six years ago, and take over this job, writing at 104.5thezone.com on the Big Six blog and taking over this brand new show. So we talked about your time at ESPN there just a little bit. Greeny and Golick, are those guys that are, you would classify those guys as friends today? Yeah, I mean, acquaintances probably. I would say, I mean, you know, there's that word friends. You know, I look at people who are friends. You and I are friends, right? But right. we've never met in person. Right. Um, so, yes, I would call them friends, um, you know, acquaintances, guys. I haven't seen them. Well, actually, I saw Golick at the Super Bowl uh, in Minneapolis and spent a couple minutes with him, and that was really good. And uh, I haven't seen Greeny, honestly, since the last show that I was on with them back in 2017 because um, he's in New York now and doing his thing. But they're both great guys. Um, they treated me well in the short time I worked with them. I worked two of my almost 17 years with Mike and Mike, and it was probably my two favorite years um, to work there, especially with the first year I'm at ESPN and then the last year um, I'm at ESPN. So the bookend uh, of my time in my career there was working with Mike and Mike. And those guys are, are awesome guys to work with. You know, they're great at what they do. They're pros. Uh, they involve you and make you feel like you're part of the family of their show, which was really great to be involved in that. And, you know, and they also treat you right. Um, and they treat you, you know, they keep you accountable. If you don't do your job or if you mess up or whatever, um, they're going to hold you accountable for that. And that's good. You want that when you're doing your job. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like those guys. I would call them friends. If I saw them today, you know, I'd go up and give them a big hug or a high five or something. Uh, and I appreciate so much. Uh, even in the short time we worked together, how much they they did for my career uh, in the beginning and especially at the end. Sports Spectrum is about the intersection of sports and faith. Sometimes, especially in media, it can be really hard to have that kind of conversation. You're going to find pushback. You're always going to find pushback. Uh, You kind of know that. You know that that's part of the deal going in. How soon after you got there did you begin to open up in that way when you felt comfortable enough around certain people where 
they needed to know who you were and where you were coming from. And even though you were still in the growing process, as we all were, that needed to be part of the Jason Romano that worked for ESPN. Yeah, I mean, when I first got to ESPN, my faith was non-existent. I didn't really have a faith, uh, a faith in God or anything like that. Um, it wasn't until my second year at ESPN that I started to get more serious about my faith. Uh, you know, I became a Christian and started um, really thinking about God and Jesus and all those things and what did that mean. Uh, and for about seven years or eight years, I really kept them separate. You know, it was uh, go to work and do your job and, and do your job best that you can and then go home and be with your family and your wife and your your daughter, and then on the weekends you go to church. And that's kind of how I viewed you know, viewed it. My, my job was probably my priority. I hate saying that, but that was probably the case for many years, even after I had uh, gotten married and had my daughter. Um, but it was somewhere around 2009 or so when social media just started to come out around that time as far as Facebook and Twitter go. And I really looked at my faith and kind of started taking it a little more seriously, and I wanted to be more intentional about it. But obviously, I can't do that too much at work because my job was to go to work mm-hmm. and be a producer. And they didn't hire me to be a proselytizer or be a preacher. They hired me to be a producer, and that's what I had to go to work and do. But social media started to come to a place where I could be open about my faith there. And so I started to just simply share a Bible verse in the morning. Uh, at 6 a.m., I'd wake up, I'd put a Bible verse out on my Twitter page, and that was really it. I, I didn't want to force any kind of faith down people's throats, um, and I would never still do that to this day. But I wanted to make sure that people knew my priority was, especially first thing in the morning, was to start my day off with um, some prayer time and some time in the Bible. And so I would share a Bible verse each morning, which I still do to this day. It's been, gosh, nine years now. Um, every morning I share a Bible verse. It's the first thing that I post on social media on my Twitter page. And that's kind of the place where it started, because once you put it on social media and you know the people that are following you, uh, you know, are a lot of them are people you work with. Well, that's an easy opening to kind of let people know where my priorities are, that I am a man of faith. And, you know, if those conversations wanted to carry over into the workplace, well, I'm here and I'm I'm happy to talk about it, but, uh, you know, I also knew that I had a job to do. And so I wasn't going to initiate those conversations unless um, somebody else wanted to have those conversations. I was just going to try to live my life the best I could um, to be the best um, producer that I could be and to help others and to serve others and to, you know, be a good example. Uh, And through that, hopefully they would see something that was a little different and something that might be uh, intriguing enough to have a conversation and maybe go down that road. Did anybody that saw that come to you and say, this This is a bad idea, you shouldn't do this? I've actually done the Bible verse thing a lot, actually, this mm-hmm. year, uh, and it's because of you. Like, it's not something I think I would have done, but I saw it, and I was just like, there's nothing negative about this. I'm not beating anybody over the head with this. That's not no. my goal. But if it can speak to somebody out there, that's great. Like, that's that's absolutely fantastic. But did anybody ever tell you this is a bad idea for your career, or was that never really something that came up? No, not really. I mean, there were moments where, you know, ESPN certainly is, is, you know, a situation where, like, I had ESPN in my Twitter handle when I first became uh, uh, a person on Twitter. So it was like at Jason ESPN, I think, was what I was using. And as I started to share my Bible, my Bible verse each morning, nobody said this. I just realized, you know what, 
I want to keep my mm-hmm. my name and my sort of brand, if you want to call it that, separate from my job. Even though I know that I'm representing my job, even if I'm my, and my job is in the title, I still I want to change my. So I just changed my username to my name, which is what it still is now, Jason Romano. And then, um, but that was really. I mean, there were a few times where ESPN had some some things where Christianity came to the forefront on a show or two and had conversations with me to just be careful about what I'm posting, but not too often. I think that happened maybe twice in, you know, seven, not 17 years, but over the last 10 years of my career there. Listen, I want to encourage people and let them know that, you know, what I'm for and not what I'm, what I'm against. Um, but I never really got a lot of pushback. Once in a while I would get, you know, some, some lines from people that I worked with about him being the religious guy or be careful because, you know, Jason's here, so don't curse, you know, things like that. But listen, that's just what comes with the territory. It's not a big deal. Jason Romano of Sports Spectrum, the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast, joining me here on the Big Six. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You know, I I think that there's there's a lot there, but you worked in social media when you were at ESPN. They had you in charge of some of the accounts um, yeah. there later on. Obviously, you've built your own brand through social media as well. How sad is it to look at the state of how people seem to utilize social media today? And I don't mean all people. There are a lot of very good things, but I'm very careful now about who I follow because, honestly, if I get on there and I'm following the wrong people, I can find every bad emotion within me within five minutes of being logged into Twitter because of how it seems to have been abused and just sort of corrupted. It's sad. See, I still think there's a lot of positive with social media. I really do. I mean, look, at you and I would not have met if it wasn't for social Very media. So I look at situations like that as being a good thing, like networking, connecting with so many wonderful people. I mean, I... When my book came out, it was really great for people to reach out and tell me how the book helped them. You know, that doesn't happen if social media doesn't exist. So that's, I look at social media from that side and say it's really great. Now, is it, is it sad and is there a real, you know, dangerous and, and, and in many ways terrible side to it? Yeah, there is. And, um, you know, it's funny because I think the social media world is where now we get to see uh, in, so many, in many cases, the worst side of people that maybe existed for many years, but we never saw it. Uh, and, and I shouldn't say the worst side, but just sort of the hidden side. Right. Because if we weren't able to, it, it, let's just pretend that we got on the phone and we talked and then we met in person. You know, this is 1994. And we actually did it the old-fashioned way. Well, most of, for the most part, every, you know, prejudice or or disagreement or something that will divide us will go away because we'd suddenly realize we're human beings and we can have a conversation. Uh, but for some reason, social media has opened up people's voices and views on things to, in essence, hide behind a keyboard and just start tweeting their, you know, some of these terrible things, not just to athletes. I, I talk to athletes all the time. And actually today, Jason Witten, the former Dallas Cowboy, mm-hmm who went to Tennessee yep. uh, wrote an article about the dangers of social media for athletes, because he talked about how athletes will come in the locker room after the game. And the first thing they'll go and look at is what people thought about their performance on social media. And, you know, and there's a lot of hatred out there. People feel like they have these, this permission uh, or this right to tweet, and, you know, especially when they're mad or think that another person didn't live up to what their expectations are. 
and go directly to that person and say, you know what, you stink, you you failed, you suck, you cost me this, you're terrible. And it's something that nobody would ever say to a person's face, for the most part, unless they were highly intoxicated and maybe a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, we'll just say, because they have maybe the worst fan base in, in football as far as reputation goes because of, um, you know, they're, they're, they're very passionate fan base. But for the most part, most people won't say things like that to somebody else's face. They'll just, you know, they, may, they might be upset or maybe a, a few boos, which is common in sports, you know, the booing. And, yeah, you're booing the, the performance, not the performer, right? We teach that a lot in broadcasting, mm-hmm. you know, criticize the performance, not the performer. And yet Twitter has completely, and Facebook too, and Instagram, has completely opened us up to be criticizing the performer as much as the performance and it gets really, really ugly. It's a, it's a, it's a rough place to be right now. It really is, if you're not careful. A good place to be is SportsSpectrum.com. We've got more coming up here on the Big Six on the other side of this break with Jason Romano. Follow him on Twitter, at Jason Romano. We're going to talk about his book, and we're going to talk about how he got to Sports Spectrum. And I want to know, of all the athletes that he has talked to, there have been some names that, that I wouldn't have expected maybe to see pop up on that website it's been really, really encouraging. So we'll get into that next. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us here on a Friday. This is the Big Six, ending week number four. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Joined for this entire hour by Jason Romano of Sports Spectrum. He's at sportspectrum.com. You can read his stuff there. You can... Obviously, and you should, subscribe to the Sports Spectrum podcast where he talks to athletes and and people inside of sports, media figures that want to discuss the intersection of sports and faith. He worked at ESPN, though, for about 17 years in a lot of major, major roles. You talked about Mike and Mike. We know that you you did some TV stuff. I know you told me on the phone you had done some stuff with First Take, and uh, I know you had worked and contributed content to SportsCenter and Monday Night Football and a lot of things like that. So when did you start to feel like maybe where you were wasn't where you were supposed to be? What, when did the job all of a sudden become more of a job than maybe what it should have been? You know, it's a great question. I think for me, it was 2015 when I started feeling what I call this tugging on my spirit. And a couple things were going. I was having a rough time at work with uh, a certain project that I was working on when I was working on the NFL. And, you know, anytime, if nobody has a perfect uh, career where everything just goes great and the job is always fun and perfect and awesome every day. It's just impossible for that to happen, even at a place like ESPN where so many people desire to work. And so I was going through a rough patch just personally, you know, professionally, and all of a sudden, I, I, I come to this place where I was speaking at a conference, actually in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, mm. and in 2015, speaking about social media. And I was the only person there who worked at a, quote-unquote, secular business, secular organization. Everybody else worked in a faith sort of organization, a church, a nonprofit, some faith-based type company. And they all were doing the same job that I was doing, social media at the time. And it really opened my eyes to think, wait a minute, these guys are doing exactly what I'm doing, but for a greater purpose, as I like to call it. You know, they're doing it for their, you know, for something that's faith-based. 
Um, their their priorities are a little different than the priorities at ESPN, although it's the same job. It really just kind of made me think: Is this is it time? Is it time to pivot and maybe look for something else? And I didn't ever want to leave ESPN, and I I really was trying to fight this sort of small voice, still small voice in my soul, telling me this because it's ESPN, and you know not only is it place where everybody desires to go and, and as far as sports goes and it's a dream job in my case and I was making very good money and benefits and Disney owns ESPN so I had the Disney benefits and got to go to Disney World you talked about Disney yeah. you talked about Disney benefits was that like free when you wanted to go to Disney World was it that kind of a benefit oh it was free it was like I had to pay to go I had to pay my flight of course and we our hotels were 50 percent off uh, because of the Disney discount, which was great, Disney hotels. And then the, we get into the parks for free. We had a pass called the Silver Pass that Disney cast members, which is what they call them, mm. have. And ESPN full-time employees are Disney cast members. So we had this Disney pass called the Silver Pass, and it allowed me to take three, three people anytime I wanted at any point during the year to Disney World, Disneyland, Heck, if we were in Tokyo at Disneyland in Tokyo, we could have gone to Disneyland in Tokyo for free. Uh, it was amazing. And so we took advantage of that. And I probably went to Disney with my daughter and wife seven or eight times in a 12-year span. I mean, we went a lot. And we loved it, uh, especially my daughter. She loves it. And she wishes she could live at Disney World even to this day. That was the type of things that, you know, we were given it and had as being a part of ESPN. And so for me to even think about leaving, leaving all of that as well. Uh, so I wrestled with this for a good year, uh, year and change uh, about, do I really, is it time? Do I really want to leave? And I actually thought it might've been time at the end of 2015. And I had long, deep conversations slash arguments slash fights slash, um, you know, knockdown drag outs with my wife over this because she just kept saying it's not time yet it's not time yet and i kept saying no it is time and i know looking back now that it was my emotions that were getting the best of me that wanted to get out of there uh, more than it was trying to follow a calling on my life and so i spent that last year ironically as i said earlier working on mike and mike and so working on mike and mike my last year allowed me to a enjoy my job again it's probably the most fun i've ever had at espn was that last year working there but B, still knowing that that still small voice kept saying, it's time to do more, it's time to do more, which meant God in my eyes saying, for me, it's time to do more for him. And through the process of just spending that last year with Mike and Mike, and then also being intentional about building relationships outside of the ESPN world and in the faith world, was when Sports Spectrum started to um, come into the forefront and the opportunity to leave was offered to me at the end of 2016, and that's when I took the plunge and left. Yeah, I remember you, when we had our conversation, you said, you know, there was an offer out there, and that was when you were having the disagreements and the debates with your wife over it, and she ended up winning that debate, and you waited, and then the second <laughs> crack at the apple, but yeah, oh, yeah. You're, you're smart, that, you know, you're still married, so clearly she won that argument, and you... <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's all worked out for you. So talk a little bit now, if you would, just for those that are unfamiliar, about what Sports Spectrum is. And like I said, I teased this before the break. Who are some of the people that you've gotten to talk to that have really kind of surprised or opened your eyes or wowed you with just how interested they've been in what you're doing? 
you know, sports spectrum, the first part of your question, it's the intersection of sports and faith. Uh, it's telling the stories of athletes and telling the stories in the sports world. So we take it from a faith perspective and tell this, a lot of the same stories that ESPN's telling, but, uh, or Fox or anywhere, but we like to keep the story of faith in there as well. Um, so that was what really appealed to me was, okay, taking the talents and the skills and the experiences that I had from my time at ESPN and now bringing them to a place where I was doing a lot of the same work that I did then, but now I'm doing it, as I said before, for a greater purpose. And I get to tell these stories, uh, which is really what any person in the business is about, as you know, is storytelling. And for me to be able to bring these stories to others to hear but keep faith as a part of it in there was really attractive to me and very appealing. Um, the, the names that you mentioned, you know, some of the names early on, I got to talk to some people like Matthew Hasselbeck, you know, the former quarterback who played right there yep. in Nashville for the Titans and got to talk to him, got to talk to Ernie Johnson from TNT and got to talk to people like James Brown from CBS sports and, that was really neat, and I think that was sort of in the beginning stages in the first maybe 15 or 20 episodes of the podcast when I started to realize this is something that's really going to be neat for people to hear. Uh, you know, I'm asking them questions about their their walk with God and what that looks like and the things that they wrestle with, the struggles, the spiritual struggles that they have every day. So many of us have, but in many ways don't have opportunities to talk about so I saw that early on, and now we're at 133 episodes that we wow. just released, or 133 yesterday. And it's, you know, we had a, a player, Matt Forte from the Chicago Bears and New York Jets, come to us and say, hey, I want to announce my retirement on Sports Spectrum. Mm. That was back in March or April. When that happened, I said, oh, we got something going on. Yeah, here. something's pretty big. There to be something that people are recognizing. And, you know, that was when I think my eyes started opening a little more to, to see that, you know, listen, we're all in the business of, of sort of competitive, you know, competitive balance and looking at, uh, you know, how many people, you know, you're based on ratings. You, you have to get ratings for your show in order to keep your job. That's how radio works in many ways. Um, I, I'm in the business of coming from that world too. So I want to, I want to have a lot of people listen to our show and I want to look at the numbers every day and look at the analytics and see how, see how it's going. And I got to tell you, I mean, it just keeps going up and to the right on the podcast and it blows me away because I never hosted anything in my entire life, Jay, since college until this podcast. So I was always a behind the scenes guy. And now suddenly I'm hosting a show. And not only am I hosting it, but people are calling us and saying, we want to have our person, our guy, our player on your show because we've heard so many great things about it. So that's really been a neat thing to, to be a part of. And now we've had some really big names on the podcast and some really great interviews recently. That's amazing. It's also really uplifting. We've got one more segment on the other side to finish your week with Jason Romano. It's a big six on 104.5 The Zone. segment of the week here on the Big Six. Fox Sports Radio coming up next. Stick with us. 104.5 The Zone all weekend long. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. We've been talking all hour with Jason Romano. He works at sportsspectrum.com. He's the host of the very popular Sports Spectrum podcast. Urge you to subscribe to that through your podcast provider of choice. 
somebody that, honestly, without the conversation he and I had earlier this year, I'm probably not here. It's kind of what led me to make the choice that I've made. Jason, you wrote a book. Like, you do a lot of motivational speeches. Obviously, you've spoken in a lot of uh, religious contexts as well, in a lot of churches and things like that. But you wrote a book that's very, very personal to you called Live to Forgive. And obviously, in eight minutes, we don't have the time to get into all of it too deeply. But give me a little bit of a synopsis about the book. And I know because of the subject matter, maybe how hard it was to write, but also maybe how therapeutic it's, it was to write. Yeah. Um, so the book is called Live to Forgive. It released in January. And when I wrote it, uh, I actually started to think about and sign the contract to write the book while I was still at ESPN. So this wasn't something that I was doing in the context of, you know, okay, this is my next chapter. I'm going to write a, I'm going to leave ESPN. I'm going to write a book. No, I was actually writing this book and wanted to write this book while I was still working at ESPN. And it's something that had been on my heart for a long time. Uh, my relationship with my own dad uh, was a very strained relationship for many years growing up with, uh, you know, the son of a, as a son of an alcoholic father. Um, my dad is a good guy who loves sports, and I probably get my passion of sports from him. Uh, but he also struggled with alcohol for many years uh, to the point it led to two divorces, including with my mom and then my, my stepmom, uh, to the loss of his job. Uh, as a teacher, a longtime teacher, a really good job, lost because of alcoholism. Uh, it led to DUIs, in and out of uh, rehab centers, in prison, uh, and to the point where depression started to kick in uh, in 2009, 2010, and he was just in a really bad place. And, um, you know, our relationship was very strained, uh, but sometime after 2013, after, you know, he had that, probably the worst moment of his life where he was pretty much done and did not want to live anymore, uh, I, I made a choice to forgive him. Uh, as a man of faith, uh, you know, I struggled for many years with forgiving my dad, even after being uh, a quote-unquote Christian, and yet I finally came to a point where I was able to forgive him, and you know, a few years later I shared the story for the first time at a church, uh, and then again at a camp with a bunch of teenagers uh, when I was just starting to speak publicly about anything, much less this story, I chose to share about forgiveness, and I saw how it was impacting people. I saw how many people were struggling with forgiveness. I saw how many people were part of a broken family or part of a family with alcoholics in it. There was just so much, such a commonality among so many people that came up to me afterwards and said that you just shared my story. That I, as the, more, the more I told people about it, the more people would tell me, you need to share this story with more people. And that's where the idea from the book came from. And so in it, I, like you said, it is therapeutic. It was very therapeutic because I went as deep and as dark as I could to be as transparent as I could to tell the story of the relationship with my dad, but also tell it through the lens of application where what I learned about forgiveness and how it can help others in their walk. You know, so many of us have been hurt and so many of us struggle with moving on and forgiving the people that have hurt us, as did I. Um, but I finally came to a place where I was able to forgive my dad. And so through that, we wrote the book and, um, you know, it's been out since January and it's just in a short time where I've been able to speak a lot at churches and conferences and schools and different places. Uh, so many people have come up to me and said that this book has helped them and my story has helped them. And that's really the only reason we wrote it. As I say, we, it's my dad's story as well. Uh, I say we wrote it because we wanted to help people. And if it, helped, if it can help one person, then it was worth writing. 
and uh, apparently it's helping a lot of people. So it's been a real treat to be a part of. You were, you know, in the place where a lot of people that go to college that want to do radio or do television want to end up, especially sports fans. They want to go to ESPN, and then you were there for a long time. You did it all there, and then you left ESPN, and now you're doing something you believe that is purposeful, that there is an actual reason behind it, that there's more than just you. There's more than just your desires to it, and I feel very similarly about that in some of the some of the debates and conversations that I've had um, with God over the past several months as well. But for those that are trying to get into media or those that may already be in it but are still new, from somebody that's done it on all these different sides, what have you learned um, through your time at ESPN and through Sports Spectrum just about how to survive in this life without losing your soul? Great question. I don't know if I have the exact answer, but I can start with, um, you know, I used to hear people say that God is a part of their life. Uh, my faith for me is a part of my life. You know, God is at the center of my life. He's everything as far as my faith goes. He's the centerpiece of it. So when I have those priorities in place first, everything else kind of just falls into place that it's supposed to be. Um, you know, my priorities, I will always be, you know, open about this and never shy away from it, is my faith, and then it's my family, and my friends, and then it's my job. You know, th- thankfully, I work for a place which allows me to incorporate my faith into it. But if I was still working at ESPN, that would be the priorities. And for many people, that was hard to hear, because for many people, the priority, the number one priority, even above their family, certainly above their faith, if they had one, was their job at ESPN. So my encouragement would be to people is, you know, go after your dream. If you want to work in this business, it's possible to work in this business and still be, um, you know, a person of integrity, a person of character, a person who cares about other things. It's okay to, to care about other things than just your job. Although you do spend the most time at your job, it should not be the only thing in your life. I always encourage young people when I was working with interns at ESPN I would encourage them, find friends who aren't people you work with. And it wasn't that I didn't want you to be friends with the people you work with. It's that I wanted you to find friends outside of work so it wasn't the only thing that you talked about when you were with people. And so I encourage people, you know, to do that, to make sure your priorities are in in check, but to go after it, man. If your dream is to work at ESPN, go after that and go for it and try it. But just be aware that there are other things that are more important than your job. There just are, and uh, way more important. And people say it all the time, my family's the most important thing. But for some people, you actually have to show that and um, and know that that's okay. it's okay to love your job, it's okay to be passionate about your job, but at the same time, you still, um, I think keeping your priorities in check are, are the most important thing. And that's hard for young people who are just trying to achieve and trying to start out and get that get that break and get that promotion that's hard for them to recognize and realize but it's the truth jason what you do and and what the sports spectrum is about is something i've grown to have so much respect for and uh you know you you and i have talked a little bit i I feel like i'm going to be contributing some kind of content at some point Mm -hmm. down the road to what you guys are doing but i hope that we're going to be able to uh to stay in touch and have you on from time to time just to update us on what's going on uh, the book is phenomenal just in terms of the response. I've seen the Twitter response just through the things that you've retweeted and what people have said about it. 
uh, what you're doing is great and uh, couldn't be happier for the success and the expansion. And thank you very much for giving us, I think, a, an hour that a lot of people may have, may have not sat in their cars at 6 o'clock to hear, but I believe a lot are probably still sitting right now around 7 o'clock listening to. Well, Jay, it's an honor to be on with you. Uh, Nashville is probably my favorite city outside of where I live. I love going there, and uh, I'm just a, it's an honor to be on. And I'm just really excited for what you're doing as well and just really looking forward to seeing uh, the road that it takes takes you. It's awesome. So thank you for having me. God bless, buddy. We'll be in touch. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Jason Romano. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Romano. You can get his book, Live to Forgive, through Amazon or any number of other places. Hope you enjoyed this. We'll start talking a lot of football next week, obviously. But uh, this is what we do here at the Big Six. We try to make you smarter. We're not doing things that make you go, hmm, tonight. This whole hour should have made you maybe go, hmm, about an incredible story. We'll see you Monday.